You're listening to a podcast from Jubilee Church, Farnham. To find out more, visit www.jubilee.church. Um, because by the accent, you know, we come from Cape Town. And uh, <clears throat> I pioneered the work into our townships in Cape Town during the time of apartheid when it was illegal to even speak to people of color. And I broke the law by doing exactly what the Bible says we must do, break down dividing walls because Jesus has broken them down. And the government says you may not mix with people of color. And it's like no government can tell you what to do if it's against what the Bible says. And so I went into the townships and uh, for 20 years before coming here. And anyway, in that time, in about, I think, 2004, a team came to Cape Town to work in our various preschools and paint, paint things and all that in the townships. And uh, there was a couple on the team. Now, first, a couple came to work with me, Jeremy and Darlene Combs. Maybe some of you will remember them from Odium. And then they invited people from their church and from, from Jubilee to come along on team. And this couple called Ken and Lynn Johnson. Anybody of you remember Ken and Lynn? Yes. Came along on team. And also this woman called Mary with her son Dan. Now you must understand the townships are not to be played with. So we didn't really take kids in there. But this, the, the team asked, said, we've got Mary, and she's got this boy of 12 called Dan. And Dan, Mary really wants to come, but she wants to bring Dan with her. And we thought, ooh, we've not allowed kids to come on team. And we thought, bring Dan. Do you know Dan was a total delight? And uh, Dan has grown into this man of God with his own electrical business and so on. We are so proud of Dan. But it's like something happened in the townships for Dan at 12 years old. Amazing. Anyway, Kenneth Lynn and the team came back. And um, uh, 2006, God brought us for a season, six months, to the UK which landed in 17 years. Um, so 2006, we were at different churches in the nation. And then I think Ken and Lynn said to Sean and the elders, there's this couple and there's this woman. You've got to get her to come and speak. And when I asked God, what, what has he got for you? He said, you call yourselves... Jubilee Church. He calls you the church, the church of great courage. That's quite a, that's, and when you hear the history, you will see. So you are the church of great courage. And in this next year, while staying close to Jesus, he's going to ask you for more courageous acts. There's going to be more coming out of this church in this coming year. Because he calls you the church of great courage because he's given the courage to you for what he's planned. <clears throat> and you must know in January 2007, I don't think I'd even met Sean, seen Sean, and I got this email to say, will you come for like six weeks? 
Now, you must understand in the times we live now, women are more free to do things in our family of churches. In 2007, it wasn't like that. And this man, who didn't know me at all, invited Greg and I for six weeks. That's a long time. It's not just, you know, come and speak on a Sunday and go home. This is a real shaping, a real getting involved in the church. That takes such courage. So, Sean and the elders who are with you, I really commend you for what you did and for opening the way for Greg and I to be part of you in this way. It's massive. And I'd love to applaud this man. For courage and, and, and for doing breakthrough stuff. That is big. It might be small now, but it's, it's huge. And anyway, we were, we were here for six weeks in all the groups. In, and I was just being myself and doing what I do. But I think I made everybody's hair stand on end. Uh, with the power of the Holy Spirit, who's so available to us, which I just take for granted. Which was like a, wow, what is this? But they, they kept on inviting me back. That's your own fault. <laughs> but then, the one day in the January or February 2007, um, I said, I'm going to do a training on cross-cultural cross mission and how, how to work with white and black together. And it was like, oh, this is very different because there weren't many people of color if any people of color in the church. So why do we need that? But I, I just think we've got to learn that all over. It doesn't matter what colors are in the church. You've got to learn about how to be cross-cultural. So I did the teaching, told them about the townships and so on. Well, a few months later, I got this invite to say, we are sending a team from this church to the townships, to my work in the townships. Um, will you come? And it was, it was about like September or whatever. Will you come and do some training on how to be a team from England in a township? Well, I was still quite raw. I, I become anglicized in a way after 17 years. But I was quite raw, raw and fierce. Because I'd worked so hard cross-culturally, and there was a, I can't just let any person walk in and, you know, bring a Western way into our community. So I did come, and I trained the team. Now you are going not to give anything. You've got nothing to give. Even if you're Western, you've got nothing to give. Go to learn. And someone is like, whoa, this is different. Um, but they went, and <clears throat> uh, Nigel and Lisa Measures, who I'd handed my work over to, they said it was the best team that had ever come out of the UK because of this training on how to be Westerners in a, a two-thirds world environment. And I was just so proud 
of the team and of this church for taking to heart something. It's a difficult thing because normally I look at the TV here and like a Saturday afternoon, they've got these adverts of begging for money and they've got um, black Africans on the TV with the flies crawling and the, please give us some money. You know what I'm talking about. And so there's a, it's like Africa is this begging bowl. And we don't, we don't know Africa like that at all, really. And so when, when people come from the West into Africa, India, whatever, it is, oh, we're so wealthy in this nation. Even if it's not money, it is knowledge and so on. Let's go in and we've got to help. We've got, and it's like, no, it's a different nation. You've got to, you don't know how to help you Western. And it's that mindset to change. And I watched this church get hold of it and really take it to heart. And that is wonderful. And I think that's why Greg and I kept coming because you had something, a a teachable something that we didn't see very often. And so the next, next year, they invited me back for the normal weekend kind of thing. And, uh, and then they informed me, we're sending a team again. And I said, now instead of us sending a team to Cape Town, why don't you take the money and pay for a few of my township people to come this side? because they'd never be able to afford to come this side and to learn from, from you. And you know what? They did it. And we had a whole team come over here. Who remembers that? It was marvelous. A whole team came over. And we were in the schools, and we were all over. And the relationships are still there. It is totally incredible. And out of it came stand up. Our Africans, you know. <laughs> and so the link is quite big. And they go back every year and they're trying to raise up a team for this year or beginning of next year or something. So if you want to go and have the most marvelous trip of your life, and Greg and I will be back there, um, which will be great fun, um, you're very welcome. But do you see the courage? This is huge, courageous things that this church has got hold of and has put into place and brought about um, that there's these wonderful relationships. Um, Haley has been a number of times and taken each of her boys on separate occasions except Theo. And then Sean came as well and really enjoyed it. And various people here have been on team. And it takes, it takes courage to do things like that. But it came out of this church, and I want to commend you. No wonder God calls you the church of great courage. And then thinking about it, because we, Greg and I, go across the UK and into Europe for New Frontiers, we've worked in every sphere, family of churches in New Frontiers, get into so many churches, and some are big, some are smaller. But you know, out of you, I don't know how big you are, 
What amazes me, I've been in big churches and in like thousands, but I haven't seen this happening. You have planted two churches from you guys. That is incredible. Let me assure you it is incredible because you don't see this happening very often across our family of churches. And so as you get bigger, what do you do? You just give away. You just give away. And normally those who go are pumping with life. And you think, what are we going to do without them? And then God sends the life back in again. And so you had um, Steve and Amber Delves, and they took their team and started Hope Church, Aldershot, which is now thriving. And you are back to normal with a big number of people again. And then, about 10 years ago, um, Dave and uh, Bridget Berry went, went off to, well, they were here, but went into Borden and Whitehill. And I remember Greg and I, we've been going there for about 10 years every year to be with them. And then I saw on Facebook, Facebook has its uses, you know, <laughs> these spying uses, that the church is now called Life Spring Church, Whitehill and Borden. And you think, there's two separate churches come from you. That is incredible. And, you know, when you come to your local church every Sunday, uh, it's like, well, is anything happening here? It's all of the same. And we get irritated and this one didn't do and that one didn't. You know, we didn't sing my song and all that. <laughs> well, it does happen. <laughs> it does happen. But for, for, for Greg and I who go around and we then look, this is incredible what you've done. And I want to commend you for it. Really. And there's more this year. Are you up for it? Because so I was on staff um, at City Hope Church in Bermondsey, which is at the foot of Tower Bridge for a number of years. And in 2012, it was the uh, Olympics. Oh, and London buzzed with the Olympics, and we were chuffed to be right there. And somebody paid for us to go to the Paralympics. It was a huge privilege. You know, while I sat there, and you watched people with disabilities doing stuff, and you think, wow, look at that. Quite amazing. But then what blew my mind was people who were visually impaired got into lanes to run. Close your eyes and just see, can you even get out of your chair to find your way? And you think, wow. And I watched this. And you know, when, when God is trying to explain something to you, it seems like an hour long, but it's a split second. And I was really tuned into the visually impaired people. Like, how are they going to stay in their lane? Then I saw that each one of them was tied by the wrist to a seeing person. So the seeing person runs the same speed as the uh, visually impaired one. Then as they get to the finish line, the, the one who can see pushes the visually impaired first, and then they go both go over the line, really. 
And as I watched this, totally admiring what was happening, God spoke to me and he said, all Christians are visually impaired because we run by faith and not by sight. All of us. And like the actual runner who's visually impaired has got the person attached to them, we have the Holy Spirit attached to us, inside, over us, on our wrists. And, you know, you run, and, and I watched as the, the seeing person pushed the person back in their lane. And as we are running, the Holy Spirit is keeping us in our lane. Because each one of us has got a lane to run in. God has prepared a lane for each one of us to run in. And in this lane is everything that he's prepared. So if he's prepared for you to go international, it is in the lane over there. You don't have whatever is needed. You don't look for, I wonder what I can do. As you worship God and run, what God has prepared for us, each one of us, you young people, there's a, your lane is prepared already with things from God. And as we run, it meets us. You don't even have to look. It looks for you. So before time, and we, we uh, Toby read the verse, God has prepared good works in advance for us to do. It's in our lane. And, uh, and so in my lane, before time, God prepared, well, this one. I'm going to give her the fright of her life. And I'm going to put her into the townships, fighting security police and government. I never chose it. It chose me. I must be stupid to choose something so dangerous. Why would I do that? But it chose me. And you see, God is a good father. Whatever he has got for us in our lane, he's put all our gifting there. He's put all the courage, all the everything is there. And we think, I can't do it. And he says, I know. Now, stick to me and you'll be able to do that because I prepared it for you. But you know what we do? We look in everybody else's lane. Oh, mine, I, I, I only make coffee. And so-and-so is leading the men's work. And that one is preaching and I'm only making the coffee. And then I'm not going to make the coffee anymore because it's like a nothing. But do you know, whoever does the preaching, God prepared it for them. It's just a job. Do you hear? And whoever is leading the men's group or women's group, that's their job that God prepared for them. If God is prepared for someone to make the coffee, it is as important as the person who preaches or makes the coffee, um, leads a men's group or whatever. It is as important because one needs obedience to do anything that God is preparing for one. And God is looking for obedience. So it's not about the size of what you, you've got to do. Oh, they've you know, Billy Graham will get huge jewels. He led so many people to the Lord. No. God will give him a jewel for obedience, but not for how many people he led to the Lord, because Jesus saves. Billy Graham can't. Do you see? 
And so we look in people's lanes and we compare. I'm better than that one, but I'm not as good as that one. And we miss out. We trip up. And so in the past, in the 1980s, I think, there was a, a woman called Zola Bud, a South African woman. And this woman, she ran in the Olympics. She ran barefoot. Then you had a, a woman from America called Mary, Mary Decker. And the two of them ran at exactly the same speed. So the whole world was watching this Olympics. Who's going to win of these two women? Well, you see, the two women, they were so besotted with each other's lane that they tripped each other up and fell and have never run in an Olympics again. And we must be careful that we're not tripping each other up by watching each other's lane because we've only got the gifting that God has prepared for us in our lane. So we try somebody else's. We don't have the gifting or the grace for it. But we think, oh, I must go and do that. Maybe that's a bit more me, you know. And God says, no, stick to your lane. So if God is prepared for, for Sean to preach, it's like, why else I want to preach? And it's like, no, that is prepared for Sean. But it's no bigger than the person making the coffee. Isn't that interesting? Because God, the one making the coffee has got a command from God and it has the same outworking as the one who's preaching. So there's no big things and small things. It is all prepared by God. And as we run, do you know even the hurdles that one finds in life, even that has been prepared by God. And so he knows what's coming. And as we get to it and we call on him, we can jump and we can become tougher with muscles. Even that has been prepared so he knows exactly what is happening and how to get us over the hurdles. And this God explained to me at Olympics in London. And so in your, in your run this year, God has prepared things for you that's going to take more courage as you stick close to him. There's things already prepared for Jubilee, the church of great courage, that's going to excite you. Because it's, you can't get away from it. As you're running, it will meet you, and you think, oh, how did this happen? But there are things to come, which is very exciting. And all of you, do you know? So you say the Jubilee church has got a lane. At this point in time, everyone, if you're a visitor, then you're in the lane of your church. Or if you've come to visit, but you're not part of a church, and you're you not part of what we call the family of God. We've asked Jesus to forgive us, and, and we have become new people because of Jesus. If that's not you, you've come to see, well, you're very welcome, because you are in the lane of this church then. God has actually brought you here today. Uh, you think you've chosen it, but he's prompted you to come because it's in your lane to be here. So every single person who's a member here or comes regularly, before time, God put you in this lane of this church. Isn't that amazing? 
It's amazing because you are here to take this church into the future and to build. So every single one has got a part to play. Every single one. And there's a lane within the big lane of the church. There's a small lane for you to be running. And so um, yesterday, Sean and Haley was given a big word about something that God's going to do in the future. And Haley went, not so? Or something like that. But you see, this is the thing. It's not Sean and Haley have now got to be these great people. It's there. It's been prepared. And so as they walk and worship God, that doesn't mean they're leaving here. They're not leaving here. They're here. But there's just, there's, yeah, there's just something exciting which will happen here. And this church will benefit. And so as, as they are running, and even if Haley's saying, it's a bit nerve-wracking, God says, but I've given you enough. By the time you get to it, you're going to be so ready for it because God is so kind. He is so kind. And all this must be done with compassion. You see, flowing through these lanes must be compassion. Jesus did signs, wonders, and miracles because of compassion. And the compassion must drive us. And the kindness of God must drive us into helping others, into whatever is in our lane. It must be flow with compassion. Not, not because I have to, to make him happy, but, oh, the love of people. That's what drives me. It's the love of people. I don't want anybody to miss out. So I want to ask you, who of you are ready to acknowledge you have a lane to run in and want what is next? Even though this is called a church of great courage, so the next thing for anyone, whatever it is, is courageous. Who of you are up for that? If you are up for that, Father God, come with the Holy Spirit and power now. I want you to come up here. If you want to say to God, I'm in my lane, what's next? And just for those who aren't leaving their chairs, it doesn't matter. Because I'm an African, we move. Everything moves, you know. So Jesus comes, whether you stay in your chair or whether you're here. He still receives, it's still the same thing. You don't miss out. It's a hard thing. But for me, I just quite like the action. Um, Holy Spirit, come. Now, you must understand what I said this morning about a lane and things prepared. If you think about it, it's quite scary. But I want to read to you from Hebrews 12, because whatever we speak on must be proved with the Bible. Yeah, I'm talking about Olympics and lanes and all that. Hebrews 12, from verse 1. 
Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, as we read the Bible and we read about all these men and women, what a cloud of witnesses who followed Jesus and are, will receive their rewards, you know? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Each one already, already, it's not well, and God is thinking, no, they've all come forward. What am I going to give them to do? It's marked, isn't that amazing? It's marked out before time. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning its shame and sat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Father God. Father God. We are going to be quiet for 30 seconds and in your mind say to God, I want what is in my lane. And you know, please say, don't say, Father I would like me, you know, I'd like it. Because the Bible also says eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire means I want. If you will, it's to say, Father, what you have prepared in my lane, I want it, even though it may cost dearly. Is that okay? Now this, when you say that, is spiritual warfare. You are preparing God to shape you and to say to the enemy, they mind, leave them alone. Holy Spirit, come. Let's be quiet. If you are brave enough, even say to God, I'd like this in my lane. If you have a hope or a dream or prophecy that somebody gave you that hasn't come to pass and you're waiting, say, I'd like that. Holy Spirit, come. All I am and have and ever want to be. Jesus, oh, for Jesus, all I am and have and ever want to be. Yeah. 
that's right, that's right. Holy Spirit, come and fill us now in a whole new way for a whole new season. Thank you, Lord, it's January. It's the beginning of this year that we're running into something. Lord, thank you that Sean and Haley are going to be refreshed for the month. I want to ask, Lord, when they come back, there'll be something so pumping that they have to run to catch up with what you're doing here. And they'll be so excited. Father, will you grow this church? Will you send the internationals in here? It's not by chance that I'm speaking here with a different accent and going back home on the 1st of March. And we will be coming back to visit. But, but instead of living here, we're going home. That's amazing. This is an international Sunday. And the start, you've had lots of international, but this is a start of something completely different. And if you will, if you are from another nation, not the UK, and not, and not even from um, uh, Germany and so on, uh, Europe, if you are from an African nation or India or China or uh, Japan, or, I want you to come stand here. Now, isn't this amazing? Isn't this totally amazing? It is. God is doing something already. There's something on the go here. And you know, in London, this is normal. This is Farnham. It's different. You must understand, having gone around churches, this is different. And something is happening here. God is putting a whole interna international. You know what? You two can stand there too. <laughs> you can stand as pseudo-Africans. <laughs> we'll accept. Yep. God is doing something here, which is for the healing of the nations. Do you see? I know I've been called to heal nations and bring people together. And you've accepted me from 2007 till now. And so my anointing of cross-culture and acceptance of nations is on you. And this is the result. And Toby, if you will, I want you to come pray it into being. Is that okay, Sean? You can come stand here, Sean. And Rick, oh, he's with the nationals. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Yeah, just stand. <laughs> just stand. Yeah. Yeah, will you lay hands on him? Yes. There's something big happening here now. And if you will stretch your hand out and, and in your heart say, Lord, we want it. This international thing, it's huge.
for this morning. I thank you for the ministry of Angela. Thank you for the prophecies. Thank you for the words. Thank you for the words in the past that have been manifested. Yeah. Thank you for the words in the past that are yet to be manifested. Thank you because you're the God of yesterday, the God of today, and the God of forever. Thank you because you are the Alpha and Omega. Thank you for Jubilee. Yes. Thank you because this is a church of God. Thank you because the gate of hell shall not prevail against you. Say it. Say it. Yes. Thank you because your presence is here. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your anointing upon the church of God. Thank you for your blessings, Lord. Father, we are conscious, we are intentional. Yes. And we decree that this year, this year, we manifest the spirit of international. Yes. Yes. This year, we fulfill fulfill your desires for Jubilee, Lord. In our lives, in our walks with you, in our lanes, that we will be intentional, Lord. We will stay on track. That your Holy Spirit will hanker on to us, Lord. And we will run the race in our lives that you have set for us. Spiritually, Lord, we will run this race. Yes. In our careers, Lord, we will run this race. Yes. Financially, as a church, we will run this race. In the community, we would run this race. Lord, when when the enemy came, the Spirit of God raises a standard against them. Yes. And we decree in the name of Jesus that the devil that comes to steal, to kill, to destroy, has no place whatsoever in Jubilee in Jesus' name. We pull down every stronghold of the enemy against anyone be it members of Jubilees, mm-hmm. be it our loved ones. And we decree that the stronghold of the devil is pulled down in Jesus' name. Exactly. Exactly. We break the yokes of generational curses. Yes. We break the yokes of poverty. Yes. Poverty of the mind. Yes. Poverty of the soul. Financial poverty. Spiritual poverty. We decree that you spirit of poverty. You have no place whatsoever in Jubilee. In the name of Jesus. The Bible says whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Right now we decree that the spirit of poverty. We bind you. In the name of Jesus. And we release the spirit of abundance upon Jubilee. We release the spirit of freedom. Freedom to go forth. And to grow. Freedom to go forth. And to be intentional, we release the spirit of freedom right now upon Jubilee in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. And now I would like the internationals to get hold of groups of people and to pray great blessing on people from this nation or who've been here for a while or whatever because this nation's become the host nation and the blessing nation. You guys are a blessing.
to the internationals. It's huge. You are sharing your nation with people from other nations. That's wonderful. And we want to say thank you. So these guys are going to come and three or four or two, because there's quite a few here. <laughs> Glory, hallelujah. And each of you, this is a cour courageous thing for some of you too, to get with a few and speak blessing. We bless people from this nation. Thank you for your acceptance. Now bring more. Is that okay? Do you want to come join us? It's just for a blessing. Oh, off you go. Thank you, Jesus. Get together. Please feel free to pray the blessing. Please. Here we are.